Yeah, big part of our show tonight is um, trying to make sense a decade later of uh, the scenes that unfolded out at Marikana. And as I said, yeah, I'm very clear about where I was and um, sort of uh, my own thoughts at the time of uh, what had happened there. I think uh, I still cannot fathom uh, that uh, a police service, not a police force, a police service of a democratic government could do what we saw unfolding out in Marikana and many, many lessons there. But yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Give us uh, your reflections Send us by sending us your voice notes on our WhatsApp line on 060-552-7303. 17 minutes it is before 8pm. It's our headline segment and you would have heard there uh, singing from uh, some of the workers there uh, out at uh, Marikana all the way in 2012 uh, for some who might not understand the language of Sasoto. Uh, a gentleman there suggesting that uh, uh, yeah they want money, don't have enough money to send their children to school and that's why uh, they are out in the picket lines and uh, just uh, to give you a sense there of the mood that unfolded on this day uh, 10 years ago out in Marikana and uh, yeah as you know 10th anniversary of the Marikana massacre today uh, the feeling certainly still palpable for many many a family many of the widows in uh, many of the labor sending areas in different parts of our continent uh, and tonight I have the fortune of speaking to Dr. Crispin Chinguno who over the last decade has written extensively um, has also uh, spent a considerable amount of time in Marikana among the workers among uh, the organized formations of the workers uh, in that part of the world. And uh, yeah, uh, formerly with uh, the Society and Work Program out at WITSWAP, uh, and now senior lecturer in the sociology department out at Seoul Plateau University. Dr. Crispin, always a pleasure catching up with you. Are you well, my brother? Yes, uh, good evening, Ayabonga, and good evening to your listeners. Thank you very much for joining us. And you know, uh, Crispin, I want us maybe just before we even head into a, a discussion on Marikana. I mean, I was saying when we started that Marikana in the probably 200-year history, uh, and maybe it's not 200 years, probably less than that, um, around 150-year history of mining in South Africa. It's not the first time where workers were gunned down in that kind of fashion. And it seems there's you know, unnerving continuity. I mean, 1922, 1944, 1987, um, just in your own work, I mean, um, how did you grapple with that history before we even get to what happened out in the, in the, you know, the uh, Western Limb uh, all the way out uh, in 2012? Uh, thank you. Uh, I think uh, what uh, it reflects, sort of like, you know, Americana, it sort of like reflects that continuity in, ter- in as far as that model of uh, mining that is uh, tied to the sort of like in a way dependent on a cheap uh, black labor, but which in this case usually migrants, as you are, as we are, as we are reflecting, mm. who are coming from the different parts, rural sort of sort of like communities coming in to work into the into the mine. So what what is happening? Although when we when we when you look at it, the mining companies and the, the unions and the government they have actually sort of like in a way agreed to do away with this migrant labor system but somehow there's still some continuity to that sort of like in a way mm, mm. to that model in, in in many ways and then that there's still that reproduction of that cheap labor sort of like in a way and they, but they, they, it, it's not the same it's sort of like it comes in with some variations here and there in terms of when you look at it the question around now in the in 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 the current context 
a lot of these mining companies they are more and more depending on very on subcontracted work mm. workers mm. who are working for third parties or subcontractors or labor brokers and i most of the time their conditions they are not they are not any way regulated by collective bargaining yeah. or most of the cases they are not represented by the union mm. Mm. so so in yeah. a sense crispin i mean what you really sort of shining a spotlight and drawing our attention to is that there's not only been a continuity, I guess, in some of the the cheap labor basis of mining, but even the terms on which people are incorporated into that system are also shifting. Um, And I think, I mean, one of the issues around Marikana was this whole sort of living out allowance story. Maybe just take us back to that moment and some of the work that you were doing. As I said, you were still then with the society and work program out at WITS. Just the mood of the moment, but also some of the issues that took many workers out uh, onto the picket lines for as long as they did, and uh, which ultimately ended in the tragedy that we saw. Okay, I, I think uh, the issues relate to the the, the, the workers' demand for a living wage. Mm. And then uh, uh, what comes out of the strike is sort of like, in a way, the workers sort of like, in a way, realizing that they struggle at the workplace. They are very much tied with their struggle, the struggles in the broader society. The mm. poor, sort of like the quality of living, living in, in, in shacks where there is no water, where there is no electricity, where there is no roads. So their struggles at the workplace, Marikana sort of like in a way highlighted the connections between those struggles at the workplace and in the broader society. Mm. So that's sort of like in a way, it came out quite very... Very, 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 very clearly, and it's, it's unfortunate that uh, going back there now, ten years after this, the situation has not much changed. In a way, it's not worse than what it was. They now, the workers are now. It's sort of like in a way, they they, they are now sort of like many of them have lost their jobs. Many of them, it's just by talking to the people in the community, especially around the the the, the Marikana, the informal settlements. There's a very high rate of rate of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of 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 suicide, for example, is the, the, the last time mm. that was a few a few a few a few weeks ago. A very high rate of sort of like in a way suicide. A lot of the workers, it's sort of like in a way the struggle continues for many of the workers who many of them have, who have lost their jobs because with the coming in of a new employer after the the demise of uh, of Lonmin, the, 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 all the subcontracted workers they lost their jobs. And some of them, they, they sort of like, in a way, they don't have jobs at the moment. They're just sort of like, in a way, waiting. Some of them have been dismissed. Some of them... So there's sort of like, in a way, the situation has become more dire than than what it was in actual fact 10 years ago, if I would put it that way. Mm. Crispin, let's, yeah. let's pause here for a second. I need to take a quick spot break. But when we come back... Uh, we continue our discussion with uh, Dr. Crispin Chinguno uh, from the uh, Salt Lake University. And uh, yeah, we, as uh, we reflect on a decade uh, since the tragic uh, events that unfolded on the 16th of August out in Marikana in 2012. If we, we, we ought to be honest um, as a country, as a whole. And uh, um, the, the, the Marikana situation is one of those ugliest things that we are not going to seek of in the next 50 years secondly we 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 are very good at uh, centralizing an issue to an individual in, mm. instead of having to deal with it as it is 
uh, um, I love how Uu Joseph Matunjwa elaborates on issues regarding mining. It, he does not individualize it, but then as much as we say that that person and that person, but then we need not to individualize issues mm. because of we all know that the mining sector has been a God-forsaken sector where it has been a dog-eat-dog sector. Mm where people die and then nobody gets to be accountable. I find it funny that there is nobody who is in court as we speak with regards to what happened on that day. Not even one prominent person mm. from Marika, from from the, the, the mining company up until to the politicians, none whatsoever. But then that is how we are in South Africa. That is who we are. It's Sunday so day in Cape Town. Sure, 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 Prasendi. Look, um, I, I think you're correct. Uh, and it's certainly something that uh, I want to uh, raise with my guest, uh, Crispin Chinguno, um, insofar as some of his reflections are concerned. I mean, Crispin, you would have heard uh, the remarks made by uh, AMCO President Joseph Matunjwa, and maybe on two fronts. The one is uh, what he says is the persistence of the minerals energy complex. Um, he even says not even the colonial government was in true power. The real power brokers in the society were the people who benefit from, benefited from the discovery of gold in the late 19th century and even from 1948 right through to 1993, 94. The people who were still in the pound seats were the minerals energy complex. And his argument for why certainly Margana is not an aberration or a shock is because the same minerals energy complex still remains dominant, is still very much in power. What do you make of that? Yes, I I tend to 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 agree with that uh, that 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 assertion mm. uh, in a way that uh, the, the the when you look at it, uh, the, although we almost twenty eight years after the democratic transition, we we do have got the laws uh, the the laws in in a way the, the mining companies they are supposed to uh, have licenses and then one of the conditions that they did for them to get the licenses. Is that they need to be to 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 ensure that they improve the quality of life for the communities where they will be doing the mining. Mm. But unfortunately, the 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 the, the, the state does not, that seems not to have the capacity to enforce that. Mm. So you find that uh, although we do have what the very nice sort of like legislation that is supposed to control that, but it simply is not just sort of like in a way. Affected, so that's the sort of like in a way, which sort of like in a way raises questions around that the continuity in terms of this mineral energy sort of like in a way complex, which is very much tied to cheap black labor exploitation of cheap black labor, which sort of like in a way unfortunately has been persistent for the past hundred and hundred and fifty years, if you put it if you put it that way. Let's maybe just talk about some of the institutions, of course. I mean, you, you touched on the improving the conditions, uh, living conditions. I mean, part of the big institutions that have always grown in toe step with mining in South Africa is that of migrant labor. I mean, you know, I was in a rural part of the Eastern Cape uh, over the course of the weekend, um, you know, at a funeral. Uh, and I must say, I mean, just standing there observing a few, you know, people I knew from that area. I couldn't but help think about how many of the homes in that area had had somebody who went to the mines, be it in Klagsdorp, Valcom, you know, in the Platinum Belt, here in Gauteng, places like Carltonville and so on. Um, and that community there has nothing to show for it, nor, nor do the communities alongside those operations. Um, I mean, 
What is your assessment of how we've dealt with the, the contradictions that arise from migrant labor and the specific forms that it's taken on in the mining sector here in South Africa? Yeah, the way that it is supposed to be, it's sort of like, you know, these social labor plans, it's like the, the mining companies, they are supposed to consult with the communities in terms of maybe what is it that the communities would, including those communities I would imagine, the labor sending area, in some cases, some of the mines, in terms of maybe their communities also include those, the word, because the, the sending communities where the labor sending sort of like in a way areas. So where they are supposed to sort of like consult, it should be a consultative process with the community in terms of maybe what is it that they they can do in terms of improving the quality of life in those communities. But in many of the cases, it's either sometimes maybe that a social labor plan has not been approved or it's not it's not being sort of like you know the most of the mining companies they are not really complying with the info with some of what they would have agreed. So you would find that the, at the end of the day, the state sort of like in a way it seems to be not to have the capacity or it does not have some sort of like, I don't know that to call it reluctance or whatsoever, but mm. it's sort of like the, the balance of power between the state and capital here. It seems like capital seems to be yielding way too much power when, when it comes to, in, 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 in relation to the state. So that's one of the biggest problems that, that is there. So you'd find that most of the cases, uh, uh, the, the mining companies are not complying and, and you'd find that even up to today, even in Marikana, of course, there's very little in terms of maybe housing, issues around housing for the workers and for the improving for the community. There's, 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 I think the, the new company there now, they've managed to build some new sort of like flats. But it only takes for a very my, very small fraction of the, of the workers. You know, mm. The majority of the workers are still very much living outside and, 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 and in those conditions, in, in, the, in, in those conditions. Yeah, yeah. What do you make of what has subsequently happened? Um, I mean, be it the Farlem Commission, be it the court bid to uh, get some compensation for the families, reparations, uh, or even, I guess, what uh, Matunjo was quite critical of today, which is this whole, you know, Marikana renewal. I saw, you know, Neil Froneman put an op-ed out in the business day today. I also saw somebody from the Minerals Council, I think Debel, uh, I forget Debel's surname, um, from the Minerals Council putting out an op-ed saying, look, you know, this is what we learn as the mining sector from what has happened in Marikana. Just in the last 10 years, uh, how we've spoken about Marikana, how the industry has responded to what has happened in Marikana, what do you make of that? Uh, I, 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 my take on that is uh, if you, there's very little that has actually changed. I mm. think uh, the, 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 the president of AMGO is quite on point there, especially when you look at the Marikana renewal, sort of like in a way, when you look at it closely, it's not really, it's more about a public relations issue here by the mining companies here to be seen that they are, they are, they care more than the one that were there before. So they are more like interested in creating a, a, a sort of like in a way certain perceptions about how they are viewed by the people in the broader society. But actually, that's not what it is if you look at it very, very closely. Because why I make this point? is that when you look at the, the Marikanya renewal, sort of like almost all the projects, if I remember very well, I remember reading, reading the annual report of the, of the company, of Sibanya, you would find that all the projects for the Marikanya renewal 
they are they've got there's nothing there's nothing that is talking about uh where where they where they where they sort of like in a way the the the, the, the copy the informal settlement that is just next to the copy where mm. the, the mine workers were killed. There's nothing that talks about improving the quality of life in that in that settlement, which which is a settlement for almost like plus or minus fifteen to twenty thousand, twenty thousand mm. people. Mm. 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 So, so they sort of like in a way. I think most of sometimes sort of like there's a problem in terms of maybe how the mining company sort of like in a way define what is the local community. They tend to be sort of like in a way quite very selective in terms of maybe how they choose who is their local community. In this case, you would find that the, 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 the mining company is quite very selective in terms of maybe, if you look, if you just by interpreting the, 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 the Maragana Renewal Project, when you look at the project, where the projects are going, maybe you can be able to, to, to use that to, 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 to deduce who, the, who they define as their local sort of like anyway community. So there's a very selective sort of like response in terms of, uh, how they are responding to the community? What is the the law, the, law, the, 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 the 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 social labor plan is talking about improving the quality of life for the communities where the mining are, are located? They sort of like in a way it becomes very selective where the communities that are living in the informal settlement they are in some cases in many cases in some of the mining companies they 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 don't want to see them as part of the local community. So that's where the problem that's where the problem is. Sure. Then, I mean, I guess there's a bigger issue, which is, um, as you say, the legal process has still yet to get somebody to be punitively charged for what has happened here. So that's the one issue. But then I guess the second issue, I mean, if you hear the stories of some of the widows and the children who've been left behind, who um, have really not experienced any kinds or forms of support. And then, of course, there are those who are wounded, uh, who at some stage were also charged. Uh, you know, under the uh, law of common purpose at some stage. Uh, many who are still trying to piece together their lives a decade after what has happened here. Um, and it just seems there's there's no reprieve. Or, or some have even said today that uh, the blood of many of those that were spilt that day um, might have been spilt in vain because there's no qualitative and substantive improvement in the sector, in the experiences of people that are working in the sector and, of course, in the communities alongside those operations and from where many of these workers come. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Marx often says, you know, history happens in very weird ways, first as tragedy and then as farce. Um, just some of your thoughts around, I guess, the slow response to what has happened in Marikana and the implications that that might have on a potential repeat of what we've seen in Marikana. I mean, we saw in the gold sector... A long strike uh, uh, unfolding there. Uh, we see from the language that my, uh, Mr. Matunjo has been using over the course of the day that there might be drawn out, you know, uh, negotiations uh, uh, in in the platinum sector and in other sectors wherein they organise. What do you make of where we are, especially now, where the commodity price environment is potentially much more favourable uh, than what might have been the case in 2012 or even in 2014? We find that. Uh uh, the unions, it's the development that has been happening now in the last 10, ten years, they still don't have, uh, 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 they are not very sort of like, you know, they don't have a strategy in terms of maybe how to deal with workers who are subcontracted. They are sort of like, in a way, they seem not to have a strategy in terms of maybe how to deal with those, those workers. So the workers and the communities, and they are almost like on their own, and then the unions also 
unfortunately, you it will also there are also some containing sort of like in a way development in as far as the unions instead of them just working as the as the institution that are there to advance the interests of the workers, they seem not to be not to be doing that at at at, at the moment. Where they are more you, you could sort of like in a way at the moment they are more like sort of like in a way. They are more tough, like in a way, working more as institutions that are there to maintain the status quo and order for for capital and 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 the state at the same time. So the biggest challenge now is this: what Marikana tells us is that uh, the system is not there for the for the for the ordinary uh, sort of like workers in the communities and the, and, the, and, 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 and 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 so forth. And then the unions also. May in 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 this regard, can can the, the unions in this in this regard, it sort of like in a way, it seems not to be sort of like having a, a, an answer to the 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 the, 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 the precarious sort of like in a way, like conditions conditions of uh, of of mining communities and uh, mine workers, especially subcontracted the subcontractors. We find most of the issues that have to. do the main of the and then that is sort of like you know the main of the problem that the that the the the, 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 the that we face in this sort of like you know it relates very closely to the problem that some of these subcontracted workers are are, are facing on 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 a day to day basis. Mm. So I think that sort of like in a way that sort of like leaves the workers and the community in quite a very difficult sort of like situation in terms of maybe. What is it that because you see in Marikana, they started off organizing themselves outside the unions. Mm. They went to the unions, and now the unions seems to be accommodated by the by the system, and now they they are left on their on their on their own again. If you, if I put it that way, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Crispin, we'll have to leave it there for tonight. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us, man. Thank you and good night, Dr. Crispin Chinguno, uh, speaking to us there from Seoul Plaki University. Yeah, on uh, a decade since uh, Marikana.